As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did. Then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Or are you just going to sit there and let them burn? This is Chris from Don't Let Them Burn. I'm here with my partner, Rory. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Don't Let Them Burn. All right. And we are starting a new phase of our programming dealing with testimonies. Okay, so we did a testimony with um, Robert Rodriguez and also Terry and Sharon, but it wasn't necessarily a format yet, but we're, we're trying to bring more people on and give their testimonies because I think that's missing out of talk radio, Christian talk radio. We don't hear enough testimonies from people giving their life story and how God has changed their lives. But before we get into our guest tonight, um, you can reach us on don't let them burn.com. You can reach us on Twitter. You can reach us on Facebook and other uh, um, platforms also. So, Rory, what, what would you like to say tonight before we get into our guests? Well, I just want to encourage people in, in the Lord. I um, just want to say to everybody, listen, we know that times are getting tough. We see things that are happening in the news on a daily basis or almost on a daily basis of um, calamity, um, just different things happening. And we just want you guys to know that, you know, you got to be able to trust in the Lord and lean not onto your own understanding. Like the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Amen. Amen. And if you guys, if you like our efforts here that we're doing, we're putting out some uh, unique programming in certain ways. And we, we really plan on doing a, a documentary or two, maybe even four, who knows, Lord willing. Uh, if you want to help us out with that, you could buy a T-shirt from us um, on teespring.com, or you can give uh, through Patreon or Fundly, and, you know, to help the efforts. Or it doesn't always have to be money. It would help a lot. But if you share our videos, that helps a lot to like, subscribe, and share so that this message can be reached by how many, you know, thousands, hundreds, ten. It doesn't matter. It's just as long as people are sharing. Now, tonight's guest is Michael Harton. Now, I met Michael around 
I think around two years ago, um, he was new to a church, and I was pretty new to the church too. And we didn't really correspond that much until later on. And we became, you know, I would say friends. And uh, he told me a little bit about his testimony. I heard his testimony in church. I saw him get baptized. And, you know, tonight we're just bringing him on so he could bring that story to help those that are broken and downtrodden or, you know, into all these issues of life that, you know, there's so many issues going on that people are involved in. And we need to uh, attack these issues head on with the Word of God. And so uh, tonight, I hope this will move the hearts of people out there that might have come out of these situations or are in these situations, saved or unsaved. So, Michael, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, so, uh, Rory, would you, you have anything to say? Yes. Uh, welcome, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. How's everything I going? Just, just um, as, as Chris was introducing you, um, I just want to congratulate you on um, what the Lord has done in your life and how he has, uh, like uh, the scripture says, brought you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Well, first of all, let me ask you. Why Jesus? Why did you, um, or why did you uh, turn to the Lord? I turned to the Lord. Um, so I tried everything um, I could in life to find happiness, and um, it all led to uh, brokenness. So I was, I was completely um, broken when I hit rock bottom. Is when I was finally ready to listen to the Lord. So tell us about this brokenness. Tell us, tell us about your journey, where you come from, and how God led you to where you are today. I was born on the East Coast in uh, Massachusetts, actually. Um, at about six months old, we moved to Germany. My dad was in the uh, the Army. Um, we lived there for about four years. Then we, we moved back to the States. We moved to uh, Kansas, where a lot of my family was from. From there, we moved to California. I did a lot of moving all the way up until middle school. I actually went to 12 different middle schools. We did a lot of moving around. And uh, my life earlier on was really unstable my dad actually divorced my mom when i was like six my mom met someone else she actually met my stepdad who's still my stepdad till this day but early on <clears throat> my parents they were actually into to drugs and uh, they would drink and party and everything when we were young i remember them passing the joint <laughs> when i was younger um i was exposed to a lot of uh violence at a young age, I remember one time. I think I was about seven. My um, my stepdad actually tried um, stabbing my mom with a knife, and I remember that really bothered me for years. It was it was hard for me to to forgive my um, my stepdad. So we actually he got locked up for I think six months, and when he got out, we we decided to move out to Florida. We were out there for a little bit, and my stepdad and I never really got along. So I got so bad at one point, I think I was about 10 years old, my mom decided to send me back to California with my uncle who had just recently got saved, I think a couple of years before uh, my uncle, Pastor Billy, Billy Crone. Um, and I, I stayed with him for a year. And then my mom actually ended up splitting up with my um, my stepdad. She moved out to California and he stayed in uh, Florida. They stayed separated for a couple of years. I actually grew up in the Sacramento area, starting off like when I was in my fifth grade on up. And I basically, I never really had much of a father figure. My stepdad um, got back with my mom like a couple years after they, they separated. 
we never really got along. I grew up um, in a really unstable, chaotic uh, environment. There's a lot of fighting and stuff going on. But my mom and my stepdad, they eventually got saved when I was about 13. They started going to a Pentecostal church where I was, I was forced to go um, growing up, middle school and part of the high school. Um, I, I didn't really believe in God. I was just going because I was forced to. After that, uh, let's see, I graduated high school at 19. Um, I actually did pretty good throughout high school. If you don't count my freshman year, I averaged like a 3.2, 3.5 GPA. And I was I was doing really good in, in high school until I got out of high school. I decided to take a break from school and not go to college. And I started hanging out with some coworkers of mine. And that's when, when I discovered alcohol, I was... Um, I was out of high school for a couple of years. Yeah, so I was um, introduced to alcohol and eventually uh, drugs. All of my my new friends, they were into uh, partying. It was, the, it was the the normal thing to do at that age was partying. Um, and uh, I really didn't have a sense of direction in my life. I just thought that, you know, happiness was, you know, being the life of the party. And um pretty bad um I, w- I actually started going out like every night of the week we had a place to go yeah i had no sense of direction like i said with my life i, I had no peace in my life so i was out trying to find happiness you know trying to escape from from i guess um, my past i guess uh when i was 21 i got my my first dui which i did a couple weeks ago for that i really didn't change much from that um i think i stopped drinking for like a week when I got out and then I just started drinking again. I really had no sense of direction. I was always, I always ended up getting in trouble. Like my life was a roller coaster before I was saved. I would go six months staying out of trouble and I was happy and I, I had a good job and none of that would ever last. I would always end up, you know, losing my job or losing friends over mistakes I made when I was drinking. Yeah, I had no stability really. So it's actually, See, I was, I guess, growing up also, I was heavily influenced by um, by music. It was my way to to escape, really, was through music. A lot of the music I listened to was, like, really dark and uh, depressing, really. A lot of it was about suicide and anger and rage. And yeah, I just remember how, how I was influenced a lot by, by music, starting off from my, uh, my teenage years all the way up until right before I was saved. Music played a really big part in my life. What type of music were you listening to? I was listening to um, mainstream rock, um, like metal, um, death metal. I started listening to um, music a lot, like probably my junior year, junior and uh, senior year. It was really like my way to escape. I was just put on headphones and, and you know, listen to the different artists. Um, a few of my favorite artists, they actually, they overdosed on drugs. Um, like... Oh. Uh, and what type of Kurt music Kurt. was it again? What music was it? It was uh, like rock and uh, metal, death metal and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what, what was the artist now that that they um, overdosed? Yeah, like Allison Chains. Wayne Staley is one of my my favorite artists. He he died of a heroin overdose. And um, wow. And you said something yeah, about Kirk Cobain. Yeah, Kirk Cobain, Nirvana used to be one of my favorites, and there's just so many others. Um, Corn. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Did you ever listen to Corn? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, I listened to them also. And I can't remember who, which other one made uh, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails. They're pretty dark. Yeah. 
Okay. So yeah, music always played a um, big part of my life. I was listening to it every day, all day. Um, it, it was kind of like my escape. So I actually, after getting my first DUI, I really didn't change much. Change my decisions after that. Um, it really didn't affect me much. I got into partying again shortly after that, and I just kept trying to find happiness and anything other than God. I had a few relationships. One of the relationships was real serious. Like I was in love with the girl, then found out she uh, she cheated on me, and um, I didn't really trust women after that. That was when I was about 24. So after that, that's that's really when I took a drastic uh, change. I mean, I had before that I had a good job, I had my own place, and then a girlfriend who I thought I was going to marry eventually. Um, but all of it, all of it failed. Within a few weeks, I, I lost my job after I broke up with her, um, and then I ended up losing my apartment a few months later. I had to move back in with my parents. Yeah, I just remember how, yeah, like I said, my life was a roller coaster before. There was always ups and downs, and I'm losing my stability. I actually, when I was about, I think I was 24, my mom would always like plant the seed with me, try to witness to me, but I wasn't ready to listen. But when I was about 24, actually, I had I had a dream. It seemed so real. Like when I woke up, woke up, I was trembling. But um, in the dream, I was I was climbing up a hill, and there were boulders coming down. I just remember hearing hearing a voice. I believe it was it was the voice of God, and He was saying, uh, "Come to me." So after that, I woke up, and I remember I was you know trembling, and it was it just felt so real. At that point, I I really wasn't ready to listen, but I did try making changes in my life. I didn't really seek God, but I actually I did stop drinking for a few months, and I tried finding happiness you know away from partying. But eventually, I started you know hanging out with my friends who partied again, and I became the designated driver for some of them. It's um, where uh, one night I was DDing for these, these three girls that I knew, and we went out to the bar one night. We came home. Um, we went back to one of the, the girls' houses, and uh, they were drinking. I, I was sober. The girl whose house we're at, she actually pulled out a, uh, a Ouija board which I'd, I'd never messed with anything like that. But um, I was curious, so I agreed to it. And we actually went out in the garage where it was dark and they, they lit candles and we sat around the board, all four of us. And I just remember at first I was skeptic. I didn't believe that and that kind of stuff I didn't think. And um, after we started using it, like um, it was actually... I could feel like a darkness. I can. I started seeing um, like a shadow like, throughout the garage. The candles actually that they lit actually blew out. And then um, one of the girls got got scared, so she actually she grabbed the board and then she she packed it back up and then she hid it somewhere in the garage. She's like, oh, we sh- we shouldn't have done that. And I just remember how how I I can actually feel presence in something. I didn't know what it was, so I, I ended up going home after that. Within a, a couple of weeks, I I went home um, after that. I just went to sleep that night as if nothing happened. I didn't really. I tried not to think much of it. Um, but within like a, a couple of weeks later, I think my life started going downhill from there. Really, um, 
I started drinking and partying again a couple weeks later. For my 25th birthday, I decided to to throw a big, you know, party where uh, my friends who worked at the clubs, they, they printed out flyers and stuff. And we basically, for the whole weekend, um, for three nights, we had um, a big party and the promoters were promoting for me. And um, I just, I thought that was going to make me happy was, you know, partying. And um, a couple months after that, um, actually, let me go back. Um, on my 25th birthday, on, which was March 25th, my niece was born. Yeah, she was born on my 25th birthday. She she actually played a part in my testimony later on. But a few months after that, um, I ended up getting a second UI. I had to do six months in jail, but I only I only did, ended up doing like three months. Yeah, when when I went in jail, I actually met more people. I became friends with them, um, and they were involved in different things than what what I was used to before. Um, I started hanging out with them when I got out of jail. And I actually got into, got into heroin. Me and my friends, they were Russian. We would actually, um, we would smoke heroin. Um, which I did that on and off for about a year. Um, until I, I tried, I tried one time injecting, uh, the heroin. Uh, cause I was tired of smoking it and I actually almost, uh, overdosed. I stopped doing that after that happened and I started hanging out with my friends again. Shortly after that, but I didn't do heroin. I got into other things. Um, I was actually introduced to uh, meth, and I did that from the age of it was probably about 27 when I started doing that uh, for two years on and off. Like I, I always worked, so I I would go out and you know get a sack like every time I I got paid. But I never let it ruin me. Like I never stole from anyone or anything like that. But I was. I was off in, in my own world, really doing drugs. Like most people didn't even know that that I got into that. And um, but yeah, I, I just remember like um, uh, yeah. So I, I got into uh, meth for uh, see probably from age of 27 on and off until 29. I was into that, and I just remember how hopeless I felt and how lost I was and how how uh, dark like everything seemed to me. Um, the drugs really had a lot of side effects with me. Um, I, I was severely paranoid when I was on it. And when I wasn't on it for a couple of weeks, like the paranoia went away, but I, I still had fear, like constant fear that, that I was going to die. Wow. And, and I remember, um, like it, it got so bad that um, like I, w I would think that people were following me. And like when I was driving down the street, like it was the paranoia was so bad. Like I thought all the cars behind me were following me. And it was really, uh, really scary. But I kind of did that off and on. And I lost a lot of friends over it. There's a lot of people that didn't know it was wrong with me. It's just they knew I was different. And um, I, I tried hiding it from everyone. Um, I think the first person I told about it was my my parents and then they, my mom tried witnessing to me and I wasn't ready to listen. Um, and I mean, at one point, I think I was, um, I was 28 and I was just tired of everything. So I decided to try to make a change for my life. And my mom bought me a one way, like one way plane ticket to Kansas with my, uh, my dad. So I moved out there and I was out there for about three months. Um, and then I got a phone call that my niece, Ajene was uh, diagnosed with leukemia. So I actually, um, I decided to, the next day, like I got a train ticket and um, I went back to California. It took two days 
to get back there. So I wanted to, to see my niece. After I got back to California on the train to see my niece, like a few days after that, I um, I got into drugs again. And like everything uh, started over again from that point. And um, I tried um, finding work. Like I thought that was going to bring me happiness, finding a good job. So I worked a few jobs and just I, I couldn't do it anymore. So I just walked out, went through different temp agencies and nothing was working out. And about a year after my uh, niece was diagnosed with leukemia, she she passed away. And um, wow. I just remember how how I was mad at, at God for doing that wow. to, you know, a four-year-old. And um, like I said, she was born on my, my 25th birthday. She passed away like when she was four, so I was 29. She passed away in January 2015. And um, I, I really didn't have a care for life really after that. I was just mad at God and I had no hope. I was really hopeless and I had no direction with my life. I mean, we actually, on my birthday, which was in March um, 2015, we we had a little memorial thing and my sister's um, celebrating the remembrance of um, my niece. After I went to the memorial, like I tried calling my friends, see if they wanted to hang out. You know, no one was there for me like, like they used to be. It was my 30th birthday. So I decided to, I went and got um, some more uh, drugs and I bought alcohol and I was drinking and getting high. Like I decided to go on a road trip. Um, I went up the, the coast of California. I went on a road trip just to escape from everything. I really, I didn't plan on living after that like I remember going up the coast of California. I was going along the cliffs, like I was going 100 miles per hour at one point, um, driving recklessly. And um, eventually, I just I kept driving. I couldn't sleep for <clears throat> I didn't sleep the first night, so I was up for like two days. But um, at one point, um, I tried wow. filling up uh, gas again, and my card wouldn't work for some reason, even though I had money on it. And um, so I decided to. <clears throat> um, to just keep driving until my car ran out of gas. So I was actually up in the mountains, like probably like five or six hours from home. And I, I already called my parents before that. I already called people trying to see if they could send me money and no one would help. So um, I left my car on the side of the, the freeway and walked for, for about eight hours. And I called my mom and she said that she wouldn't be able to help me. And I told her I didn't have, you know, I was at a dead end. I, I had nowhere, no way to get back. So eventually she decided to come out um, and pick me up and her and my stepdad. My battery died and I was walking for like eight hours. There was no way for me to get a hold of them. And I, I just kept walking through this small town and I ran into them at, at a gas station and we ended up driving back home and they, they would have let me go home. They said they were going to get me a hotel room or something. So I could get some rest and I told them I didn't want that I just I wanted to come home and um we yeah we didn't really get along you know but um I was grateful that they finally picked me up um that, I mean I had blisters on my feet I was walking for like eight hours um so once once we got back to town I think I convinced them to let me stay like one more night and then the next the next day I had to uh, leave and um I went to one of my, my friend's places. He, he actually picked me up. He told me I could stay with him for one night so that I had to uh, find a, a place to go the next day. So I stayed with him that night. And I just remember, you know, how I, I feel like I was at a dead end. Like I had no hope. Um, I knew the next day that I was, I could have, you know, been out on the street. I had nowhere to go. So, um, so I called my mom and 
she she decided to schedule a meeting with me and her pastor, um, uh, Pastor Joe, um, from her church, Renaissance Church in uh, Roseville, California. And um, yeah, so he actually, we were talking and we, we came to the conclusion that I need to make a change and that I need to start fresh somewhere. Luckily, I had the option. I know some people, they don't, they're not given that option. They get, you know, leave their environment. Um, so it's harder to uh, change the circumstances. Um, so we, we bought a plane ticket to Las Vegas where my uncle, the same uncle who I, I lived with when I was 10 and I had troubles, um, he, he agreed to let me stay with him for six months when um, right after my 30th birthday, 20 years later. <laughs> I thought it was, uh, was cool. Um, so the, the first um, month, uh, staying with him, um, I, you know, I had to quit everything, cold turkey, um, drugs, alcohol, and cigarettes. I successfully stayed away from all of that. Um, for the first month, I, I spent a lot of time with my uncle. I would go to the office, to his church office with him every day. I would go to church Wednesday nights and Sundays. And um, yeah, I think it took about a month before I was really um, ready to listen and to submit my life um, to the Lord. And I just remember um, <clears throat> one night, I actually, I cried out to the Lord, um, asking him to to help me and to save me. And um, I repented of my sins. And from that from that moment uh, forward, um, I I found peace. I found peace in God. Um, I started studying the Bible. I went to Bible college for uh, for a couple semesters. I took a couple classes. Um, I was excited to grow. Um, like I said, I've I tried everything in life um, for happiness, but I tried anything from I had a really good job. I had a nice car. I had um, a girlfriend, a good relationship. I had all of that. Like nothing in this world um, lasts forever. Um, and that's that's why it's important that we um, submit your life to Christ. Um, it's for all eternity. Yeah, so I got saved about two and a half years ago, and God's completely transformed my life. Like um, before, I suffered from depression. I'm I'm not depressed at all now. I I don't have anxiety anymore either. Uh, I once I got saved, I also stopped listening to all of the, the secular music and all of the um, movies and. TV shows I used to watch, I, I got rid of all of it. And um, the only thing I want to do is listen to Christian music now. And um, if it doesn't um, glorify or honor God, then I, don't, I want nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, so it feels good to uh, finally be saved. Praise um, God. Praise God. Um, I guess we could uh, go through some of the, the issues that you're talking about, especially with the entertainment um and what the impact it had on your life because um some people don't understand how much that affects your 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 walk uh your life period and how much of a control it gets over your spirit once you let it in you want to share anything about some of the lyrics that you used to listen to and um how it affected you? Yeah, so I mean some of my favorite artists that I listen to I listen to um Slipknot um, there's a few songs by them, Snuff, um, All Hope is Gone, and The Devil and I. Those are probably three of the, the top songs I listened to by them. But the lyrics were really dark. A lot of it was about uh, suicide, anger, and rage, and um, basically um, anything other than God, basically. And Alice in Chains was another one, one of my favorite songs, is uh, Nutshell, which that's probably one of the most depressing songs ever. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's 
all of the music I listened to was it was really uh, dark. Um, yeah, I mean, in the end by Linkin Park was one of my favorite songs. Um, then yeah. we saw how that. Yeah. And uh, outside by Stain, I listened to a band called Five Finger Death Punch. Um, there's a song called Wrong Side of Heaven and Remember Everything. So I mean, um, one of the the songs Nutshell by Alice in Chains. Called I can just read the lyrics that um, the song goes, uh, we chose uh, misprinted lies. We face the path of time and yet I fight, yet I fight the battle all alone. No one to cry to, no place to call home. My gift of self is raped. My privacy is raped. And yet I find repeating in my head, if I can't be on my own, I'd feel better off dead. Those were lyrics by uh, Wayne Staley, um, who actually, the last song he um, performed was that song, he overdosed heroin, I think, uh, a few weeks after that. Uh, wow. A lot of the music I was putting into my my mind was really dark and uh, not good for, for my soul. <laughs> I guess that, that kind of helped your depression, too. I, I, I would suppose that when you're yeah. in these depressive and um, paranoid states, that some of these songs might have been going through your mind, right? Am I correct about that? Yeah, that's correct. You were saying um, the song by Nutshell, Alice in Chains, uh, the singer, he committed suicide at, I think, age 27? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Wow. Yeah, he died, well, he died of a uh, heroin overdose. Okay, so he joined the 27 Club with the rest of those guys, like Nirvana and some of the other, some of the other guys. They said that's a, the 27 Club. But um, I was looking at some of the lyrics, and it's just riddled with um, just darkness, darkness and the is you know i'd rather be dead and that's that's a lie from the pit of hell where it, it tells people that there's no hope there's no you, you don't have to um look towards a future but you know we learn that there's some difference in god's word he says i am the way i am the truth i am the life so in this they're singing about death jesus christ says he is the life he says, no man comes to the Father but by me. So he's the way maker. He's the one that, that does it. And this is, it's unfortunate, but I, I just hope that those that are listening out there, you know, that uh, you, you're listening to this um, and you see, um, you'll see that it's, it's just darkness. And this person, this, this where he was going, you know, that this is what he ended up doing. Well, yeah. And, and also, Notorious Big, he sang about dying, you know, young, or he wanted to go to hell, didn't want to go to heaven with the goody goodies. And the next album was called Ready to Die. And that's exactly what happened. So, you know, all of this death, darkness, and, and depression is basically projected on the, the listener. And, you know, th some of them are, are living a certain sort of life where, uh, the father isn't there, the, the the family's broken, and all sorts of different angles you can go to to look at their situation. And the, 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 the music is a reflection of that, and it doesn't help the situation when Jesus Christ isn't in the picture. And that's what we see with Michael's testimony. And also, yeah. Mike, you, you said you had some scripture to share that helped you. Yeah, there's a scripture that um, when I first started uh, studying this word after I turned in my life, um, one of the uh, scriptures that I ran across um, was Ephesians 2, um, 1 through 10. That verse really um, touched me. Would you like me to read the scripture? Or? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, states, uh, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, and what you used to live 
when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgression, as by grace you have been saved. That's just, that's one of my um, my favorite verses. Um, there's also Amen. a few other ones. Psalms 34:18 um, states, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that one is, is very true with, with, um, with my testimony. Um, it's definitely it's, it's transformed my life. Oh, yeah, you're saying something important there because, you know, God loves us all, whether we're saved or not. But until we come back to him to get that relation, to connect us back to God, it, it's very hard to, to even uh, understand the way he loves us. And for him to work in our lives, even when we're not saved, that's profound. Because most people think that God is so far away from them. But he's right there waiting for you, waiting for you. And he knows exactly whose heart is going to turn to him and whose aren't. And yet he works in your life anyway. Some people think that, you know, uh, the blessings of God just belongs to, to, to Christians. I mean, it does to a degree. But every good thing comes from the Lord. That's what the Bible says. It didn't say only thing, only the good things that's bestowed onto Christians. So if God is working in your life and you see the manifestations, then you should turn to him because he's calling you anyway. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I could tell you you know, many, many, many times in my life where I was not living for God, that he worked in my situation. And and you don't realize it until, you know, it's like the afterthought, like, man, I could have died right there. I should have died right there. I should have uh, been been in hell. I should have been there. But God, with his, his mercy and his kindness, waited on me to come to him because he called me. Uh, and and he chose me out of this world, and he chose Rory, and he chose you, Michael, and anyone out there, anyone else that's listening that's not saved by the the, the precious grace of God, the the blood that He spilt on the cross for you. This message is for you. You might be in addiction, um, just like Michael was. Uh, I was in a, a certain sort of addiction, you know. Uh, you might be, uh, you know, molested or molesting people, but the Lord is waiting on you to turn from your sins. Go ahead, Roy. No, I'm just saying all of us were at some point mm-hmm. in time in our life. Once we did not honor God, or mm-hmm. because you're not honoring God, you're honoring something else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're you're fulfilling the 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 desires of the flesh, mm-hmm. fulfilling desires of the flesh and not walking the way God has asked us to walk. And that's one of the things in, in, in my own life is that, you know, like you said, he calls you, he calls you out of the darkness into his light. And the darkness means the, the ways of the world. If it's that you're looking and, you know, you know, you know, guys today, we're seeing some of the effects that this, this has had in Hollywood. We are seeing 
some um, pedophilia. We're, we're seeing it's coming, breaking out at the seams. And this is just one aspect. There are other things, there are drugs and a lot of other things that go with it. They don't just operate by themselves. So you see a lot of these things, the, 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 um, the ways of the world. And, you know, here it is, we, and I'm just saying this, you gave your testimony, you were talking about some of the things that happened and the people that we, 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 we look up to, the people that we aspire to be, whether it be it's a rapper, it's a rock artist, it's, you know, the songs, a, a lyricist. These guys have been at the top, at the highest point, and they're committing suicide. They're doing all these things that are not necessarily right. They don't honor God because, and we're finding out that is the, that's what we're, where death is it's at meeting at the well sorry let me let me put it this way when i say death you think about these people who have made it multi-millionaire yet still there's no happiness some of them can't sleep they're exposed to this and and you know god has taken you back or snatched you out of death and brought you into his light and that, i think that's wonderful and i pray that people that are listening will understand and hear coming from you about your experiences and what God has done. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, you have any more scriptures you want to share with us? Uh, yeah. Um, another scripture that I found, um, decent was Philippians four, um, six through seven, I believe. Um, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's yeah. uh, one big thing. Um, since I got saved, is I've, I finally found peace. Um, I finally have direction with my life for the first time ever. This verse is, is so true, like all of Scripture. But this, this is one of my uh, favorite verses. Right. And, and God is the only one that gives us that true peace, you know, uh, you hear about peace all over the place in Buddhism and Hinduism, and well, that's a false peace. It's, uh, it's, a, it's sort of like the MSM. They give us a, a false narrative to follow, and if it feels good to us, we'll follow. And so we hear about all this false peace out there. Um, it just gratifies your flesh and your spirit uh, that that's already destined to a place of fire, you know, but when Jesus Christ comes into your life, you really feel it's it's feel isn't even the right word. It's that you your the experience of his peace goes above and beyond what you thought it would be. And as you um continually move towards his will, his heart for you, it it becomes even greater because all of the, the, the things in your life that are still attached in, in some cases, they tend to start falling off. But this is when you start getting into the word of God and really saying, oh God, you know, do we have the songs out there? Um, I surrender all. And, but most of us mm. singing, but we're not surrendering all. We're still living in disbelief. Even though we believe that Jesus Christ died and raised uh, in the, on the third day, raised from the grave, we st we're still in disbelief in, in, in certain ways, you know? And so he wants it all, everything, every area of your life. And, you know, these are, these are things I've learned over, you know, X amount of years and still learning. The, the moment you think that you've reached that place, there's more and more and more. 
and more and more, you know, because God is never finished with you. And as the Bible as the Bible tells us, you know, the things that we learn here, this is for this life and the next. So I just want to give that little rant there. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rory. I wanted to share. I wanted to share something too, because you guys um, both shared about peace, and I want. It's John fourteen verse twenty seven. That's John fourteen twenty seven. Jesus speaking says, "Peace I leave with you." My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, right, unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. A couple of things are going on in that particular passage there. He says, the peace he's going to leave with us. When he was leaving the earth, he gave us the peace, the peace that passes all understanding. And it's not found anywhere else. It's not found in Buddha, Confucianism, anywhere. It came from Jesus Christ. And, you know, you'll also see in Revelations that he says he's going to remove his peace from the earth. In the Mm -hmm. middle of the tribulation, he's going to remove that. So the peace that we have comes from Christ. And he says the peace that he gives is a different peace than what you get in the world. And, you know, and he says, um, not as the world gives. I give unto you, you know, give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled. So it's totally different than the world system. It's totally different than what we have in the world. This peace is the peace that passes all understanding that he says it should guard our hearts and our minds, like you said, in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So the, the things that are going on in the world shouldn't shake us to the core. But we should trust God and know that he is there for us. Right. Right. Amen. And, um, you know, a continual thread, and we we mentioned it more than once so far, is the emptiness that Michael was feeling, the emptiness that was in his life. And he was trying to fill it with everything that he could possibly find, you know, and none of it. I mean, when you get high, you get high. And it feels great, but it's always a moment of pleasure. It it, it gives you a momentary um, feeling. And it's the same thing with sex. It's the same thing with everything else that we try to fill that void with. Um, but at the same time, you know, that God is the only one that can fill that void. So anything else you want to share with us, Michael? And, and before you go on, the different things that you're saying, what the world gives is the flesh. You can fulfill all the areas of the flesh, you know. Um, so you can do that sexually. Some people use alcohol, some people, but the, the difference is that's inner peace that God gives. He gives an inner peace, the peace that floods over you. It's, it's, it's totally different. It's unique. The peace that when somebody goes to a church and is shooting the people on the inside, they're not going to scream and and carry on. You know what I mean? That's the peace that God has. Because right. they know to live is Christ, but if they die, they gain. And indeed. Anything else you want to share with us? Yeah, I'd like to share how I'm doing now um, since being saved. I mean, God's done so much in my life um, since two and a half years ago when I first um, decided to surrender my life. 
No, I actually, I actually just got married um, a couple months ago, and she was she was an answer to um, prayers. Um, and she's a very lovely woman, and I'm I'm thankful that uh that God continues um, working in my life and, and changing my heart, and He's always um, sending me blessings, and it's amazing to um, finally have peace. I can't thank um, God enough for what He's done. Amen. Um, so you have your wife with you. Is she ready to give her a testimony? Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. Good. I'm good. Um, all right. So we have Carla on the line now, Michael's wife. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Uh, I'm Carla. I'm Michael's wife. <laughs> um, there's a little background on me. I was born in the Philippines and moved here when I was two. And um, I moved here with, we, I moved out here to Las Vegas with my grandpa, my grandma, my uncle, my brother, and my mom. Um, we left my dad in the Philippines because um, my parents weren't married. So I lived without a dad for a little bit, not too long, because my mom was actually, the day she bought the ticket to fly back to the Philippines to marry my dad, my real dad, she got into a car accident. Um, and so when she got into that car accident, yeah, my my stepdad actually crashed into her. So um, it wasn't really too long of me living without a dad because um, like a couple months later, she crashed into my stepdad and he's been in my life forever. Um, so I grew up in a Christian family uh, we went to church like every Sunday and I was young. So I, I, I knew what church was about, but I didn't really, I just knew that when we go to that building after we leave, we get food and we get lunch. So I really was uh-huh. just excited about eating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we went to church a lot. We went to the church called Champion Center for like 15 years. No, no. A little longer, probably like 17 years, 17, 16 years. And my parents both worked there at one point. Um, my mom worked there and she would take me, she would take my brother and I to the summer camps and it was free for her because she worked there. And, but then again, I didn't really pay attention to a lot of things to summer camp. To me, it was just the time to hang out with people and make friends and stuff. Um, I was homeschooled. For kindergarten so um summer camp or going to church was really my only time to interact with people um then i went to public school in first grade and so on um in school was pretty good for a little bit um i i was bullied in fourth and fifth grade and i was bullied because you know, I wasn't like everyone else. I didn't listen to all the same music as all the kids, which they should not have been listening to that gangster hip hop music at that age. But um, you know, I was bullied because I was I wasn't quote unquote cool like everyone else. I didn't shop at all the the clothing stores as them, and so elementary school really brought me down. Um, I didn't claim 
to be Christian. I just told everyone that I went to church and my family is Christian, but I still didn't want to act the way everyone else did. But elementary school, kids are mean. <laughs> and so at, at that point, I didn't really care about keeping like a good image. Um, so I started, I started to copy everyone else, try to be like everyone else. And uh, one day I came home from school crying because that didn't help. You know, I thought being popular like everyone else would make me happy and, you know, make me feel like people liked me and made me feel like that people cared. But people are two-faced. No matter what, you can't seek happiness in the world. And that's one thing I learned from from being saved, um, really forward. <laughs> uh, after being bullied from in fourth and fifth grade, uh, I didn't want to get bullied anymore. So I, in middle school, I just, I became super antisocial. I didn't talk to anyone. I dressed up in dark clothes and I looked pretty scary. I covered my face with my hair a lot. Um, so I, I was in that emo stage. And, but I had my first boyfriend ever if you would call him a boyfriend at sixth grade um and my mom my parents were upset because they told me i'm not allowed to have a boyfriend until i'm 30. so when they found out i had a boyfriend at like 11 no wow. probably younger wow till 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> go ahead <laughs> um but when they found out i had a boyfriend they were upset but they're like, you know, you're going to have a boyfriend. We can't force you to break up with him, but we're going to set ground rules. Like, you can't keep it clean. Like, you can't kiss. You could only hold hands. And when you hug, you could hug for, like, one second, and that's it. Like, nothing. He can't come over. And so they're just telling me all this stuff. And then um, I was, like, I think towards the end of the school year or, yeah, like, towards the end of the school year, I had an iPad, or no, an iPod. Um, I bought it with my own money for, with my birthday money, because again, I thought it would make me cool and make me, make people think I'm cool. And I would be part of the status quo and stuff. Um, I would text, I had like a texting app on there and I was texting my, my, my boyfriend <laughs> at the time. And um, my mom took my iPod and was snooping and she found out that I kissed him. So she took my iPod away and it's like my world, my world ended right there because my life revolved around my iPod and stuff. And I thought no one was going to like me. And um, when I had my iPod, when we went to church, I would go in the, like the youth part of the church or the youth class. And they didn't really pay attention. We didn't really do anything. We just played games. But I was just on my iPod all the time. And this was at um, Champion Center at the time. It was called Mountain View. My brother went to a youth group on Friday night. Uh, it was um, one of our Filipino churches. And it was called CYF Christian Youth Fellowship on Friday night. And... I would just stay home and do nothing because <laughs> I didn't have an iPod. So he told me, he, he kept telling me to go with him. And so I eventually went with him to church. 
and I was basically forced to sit and actually listen to sermons and actually read the Bible. Because again, I didn't have an iPod. I couldn't just play games and stuff. I had to actually listen. And it was one of the events. It's called Yearn for Christ. It was basically, I think it was like a week long event. And there were plays and there were there was food. <laughs> so I went for the food. <laughs> and it was, there was a play going on. I There's a video on YouTube. It's this girl, she's wearing black and she and par- she's partying and she's doing drugs and stuff. And then one day um, at the end, like Jesus and her old life is tugging at her. And then they, they rip off her shirt and it becomes white. I don't know if you guys have seen that video, but um, that play, that scene hit me because I mean, I wasn't into that stuff, but it, you know, that scene can hit anyone at any point in their life. You know, even now I cry from watching that video um, mm. because it really shows how much God will fight for you to make you happy and he will give you all the desires in your heart. Um, and so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with that, that video. I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. And so um, that night, it was during the summer going into seventh grade, I got saved because that scene, like, it made me realize, like, I don't need all this stuff. I don't need to shop where everyone else shops. I don't need to be like everyone else. I don't need to be like the world to be happy. Um, And so I got saved that night. And um, I would tell people uh, my the best punishment that my mom's ever given me was taking my iPod away because that saved my life. And so when I went back to school, like people were like, well, you're so different. Like you're happy. You're not scary anymore. You don't look like you're a witch. And so I would tell people like, I'm like, it's Jesus. Like Jesus saved me. And, you know, like I'm a completely different person. And I would tell them the verse, um, second Corinthians 517. And I'm like, it's because of this verse. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And I'm that new creation. Like I wanted people to know that. Um, I was diff- that I totally completely changed and I wanted them to know that Jesus can do that too. But then I started getting bullied again and, um, I got really dis- discouraged. Um, I wasn't back to like how I used to be. Like I wasn't, like I didn't cuss like everyone else. I didn't start doing that again. Um, and I, st- I still tried to be happier and, um, uh, <laughs> thinking, uh, yeah, people were just really discouraging and the people I hung out with at school, they weren't like super duper bad, but again, I could always hang out with better people, not worldly people. Um, but I think my parents were always keeping an eye on me and making sure, you know, I hung out with the right people and because if it wasn't for them, then I probably, you know, middle school is a really bad time for any kid if they're not led the right way. Um, if it wasn't for them, I probably would have hung out with a, a really bad crowd. Um, uh, after elementary school, I didn't really fall 
for peer pressure anymore because actually after I got saved, I didn't really fall for peer pressure anymore because, you know, I didn't feel the need to do what other people were doing. I didn't feel the need to, to just commit the sins that everyone else in middle school were committing because I just, I, I knew that I would feel convicted, even the thought of <clears throat> like sneaking out or, or just committing sins at such a young age, just the thought of doing that just was not in my interest at all. Yeah, I did not, I wasn't interested in smoking marijuana. I wasn't interested in drinking at that age. I was not interested in any of that. I'm still not. <laughs> um, but going into high school, the friends that I hung out with in middle school, I still hung out with in high school. And they, in the beginning of high school, I hung out with them and they weren't the best influences. Um, I kind of lost my focus on God at, at that point. Everyone was in relationships and I, I thought that I should be in a relationship. So I would always try to have a boyfriend. I always tried to not be single and I really just tried to focus on being in relationships. I thought that would make me happy and it didn't, <laughs> especially with worldly people. It didn't make me happy at all. Um, they would always try to lead me to do things. That I, that I shouldn't do and I, I would not fall for them. Um, my mom always told me that if men don't respect me, then I shouldn't waste my time on them. So my mom is a really great mom <laughs> for that. She, she helped me a lot with understanding that it's okay to not, that it's okay to be uncomfortable because now I, because then that's how I know that that's not the right person to be with. Um, you know, if they're not respecting me, if they're not making me comfortable, then I need to leave. And so that always stuck in my head. Um, and she always told me, you know, it's it's always worth the wait. <clears throat> yeah, so good advice, good that. advice. <laughs> she would always, you know, reassure that to me. And she, she trusted me a lot. Um, so... In high school, I would always have a boyfriend. I would always be with someone. And if I didn't, then I would try to be with someone because I wanted, I wanted to feel wanted. I wanted to feel like someone loved me. And again, I lost my sight on God. Uh, before this, before that last someone, <laughs> I dated someone in junior year and he was trying to force himself on me and, and, um, just being, aggressive he was a really aggressive person and he did not understand the word no and so uh, I got out of that relationship as fast as I could and uh and after that right after that I told myself I'm not going to get into a relationship because or I told myself I'm not going to get into a relationship with someone who's going to distract me from God because I realized that I have totally lost my focus on God and um I need to get back on it. <laughs> and so I didn't. I got into a relationship again right away. But in my head, I I uh, thought that I could change this person, that I could lead them to Christ, and then they could get saved because my mom did that with my stepdad. So I thought that, <clears throat> you know, it could totally be done. And I thought that, uh, I just thought that I could, just introduce them and they'll be saved and that's it and I'll marry them and that you know God 
didn't want it to work that way. <laughs> so, right. um, right. he ended, I ended that relationship actually because again, he wasn't respecting me. Um, and about like a month or two, I wasn't talking to anyone, anyone. I mean, I was talking to people, but I stopped talking to them right away after, you know, they would show that they only want one thing. Um, cause I didn't, I didn't want to fall into temptation and I didn't want to, um, give myself up just, just to feel wanted. I didn't want to do that. I knew where the line was. Um, and so that guy found out that I've been talking to other people and he told me everything I wanted to hear. He told me that he would go to church and, and, um, He'll give God a chance and he's so broken. He told me that he needs God. And so I told him that I'm not going to date him until, you know, I fully know that he is fully committed to God. And, you know, like, like it says, they will, they, they walk and talk like us, but it doesn't mean they are like us. Um, so he did it. He walked and talked like he was a Christian and, and he acted like he was a full believer and and um once he gained my trust again he stopped going to church he stopped wanting to go to church he was disrespectful again and so i finally broke it off with him and then i that night i was at worship practice and uh oh, and we were practicing the song stars by skillet and uh the I was broken. Um, you know, I wasn't trusting God again. And so the verse was, if you could hold the stars in place, you could hold my heart the same. Whenever I fall away, whenever I start to break. Um, so here I am lifting up my heart to the one who holds the stars. And that, uh, <laughs> that, that broke me. Um, that night I went home and I cried. Um, and I prayed to God. I said, um, my prayer was, I fully commit myself to you. Um, I need to stop trying to put matters in my own hands because it's just leading to heartbreak. Um, you know, I can't satisfy myself. And I told him that. God, I need you. Um, um, you know, your your timing is always perfect. And um, it's true. Like, if you could hold the stars in place, you could hold my heart the same. Um, so God, whenever it's your will for me, whenever it's your will for me, to be with someone, then it's your will. Like, I'm not going to look for anyone. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm not going to try to play matchmaker for myself. Um, you know, you have someone there for me. You have someone for me, um, someone that will lead me to Christ, to you. Um, and, you know, I just pray for someone who will lead me closer to him. And um, I fully gave myself to to God that night. And um, I was talking to one of my friends, Carly, 
at work and I was telling her, I was like, I'm not going to date for like ever until God tells me it's okay to date. And, um, and Carly was like, no, you're probably going to get in a relationship in like three months. <laughs> and then I was like, no, Carly, I'm serious. Like I'm not doing it. And literally three months later, I told her that in November, um, and February on February 15, Mike and I started talking and, uh, the week, actually a week before February 15th, that's when I said the prayer. Um, that's when I told God that I fully commit myself to him and, um, you know, I'm trusting him and he, he has all control in my life. Um, originally I prayed for Tim Tebow, but I realized that that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Mike was way better than that. Um, and uh yeah i ever since i i fully 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 committed myself to god um everything's been amazing <laughs> i have a husband now and he's everything that i ever prayed for and ever wanted and you know he helps me grow in the lord every day he will send me verses and we study together and he always um encourages me to be better and to um, always keep my my eye on the Lord, <clears throat> no matter what. Yeah, that's Very awesome. Good. That's awesome. Great testimony, and and uh, you know you you hit on a lot of points there that a lot of young people can you know relate to. You know the prayer, the peer pressure, the um, the people of the opposite sex that don't respect your stance against um, premarital sex. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I went through the same things, too. <laughs> so, you know, they would they would call me, you know, gay or something if <laughs> if I didn't want to sleep with them. So, yeah, I, I, I could relate. And I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a whole lot of people out there that can relate to that. Roy? Yes. Um, it was a, just a beautiful testimony. Uh, I thank the Lord for um, what he has done in your life and how... Uh, you said something that was very important. You said that you repented to the Lord and you were going to be dependent on him. You were going to wait on him. Yeah, I think that's important when to see how God orchestrates our life, how he has a plan and a purpose for our lives in what he's doing. I think that's beautiful. And like Chris said, uh, um, a lot of people will be able to, will be blessed by this. Young people, um, older folks, to see that, you know, it's just great to see you, both of you, turning to the Lord when you're young. Um, one of the things I'll say is when a, when somebody gets saved and they're, they're older, it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. It's actually great. But when they're old, they don't have their life to do whatever it is they have to do. They're saved. They're going to go to heaven. But when somebody's young and they get saved... They get saved and they can do great exploits for the Lord. Go and do great exploits for the Lord. Show, share, and teach, just like you did tonight. A lot of great points brought up in your testimony um, that you know we could dwell on and and on on uncover, uh, you know the, the 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 deepness of of what you're talking about with the the, the song, the lyrics that touched you, um, and how you just gave over yourself to the Lord and completely and how he changed your life um, even before that. And how people saw 
the change in in your the way you dress and everything like that and um people would call that the glow factor you know you're glowing to with the lord and um like you like when you're in love you glow you know it's the same thing when you when you when you really know the lord you have this this presence about you and even though you were discouraged by your your mates that weren't saved um you still gave a testimony to them and that that will stick with them you know and hopefully one day they will get saved because you know people that 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 that, that get witnessed to and preached to who knows what they're going to remember in hell they might remember you telling them i found jesus and you found jesus but you you turned yourself over to lord um and you know the, the important thing about our relationship with jesus christ is not if we know him but does he know us because it says many will say lord lord i've cast out demons in your names i've done this in your name that in your name and he says go away from me evildoer i never knew you i never knew you so you don't find god he chooses you and mm -hmm. that's one of the, the the uh the things we want to walk away with tonight um god is looking for so many of you to turn to him turn to him today not next year not when you're 88 you know if you make it to that age not when you're on your deathbed if you make it to a deathbed but today is the day Roy, what i'd like to say is that um it's it's like i said it's really great to hear your testimony being a young lady and how you waited on the lord and how the lord came through for you a lot of people would would go the way of the world and trust the world um, and all the things that it has to offer. But God is able. He's more than able. You know, he's more than able and he's, he's so involved in the minor details in our lives. And he's there to set us free. And that's what I want to say. He wants to set you free. So people might be listening out there, you know, trust the Lord and wait on him. He wants to set you free. Yes, and I want to, um, you know, pray for the best um, in you guys' marriage and your walk with God and the people that you'll influence through your walk. And um, just for you guys to be a, a good example to uh, married couples. There are always ups and downs, but um, when you walk with the Lord, when both of you are submitted to the Lord, great things happen. So um, I want to thank you for this interview. And, you know, for everybody out there, that are Christians, please do your work for the Lord and help people to get out of the fire and don't let them burn. Amen. If you like our videos, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell to get all our frequent updates. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.